Welcome to the Shock Your Potential podcast with your host, Michael Sherlock. We all have potential, but sometimes we need inspiration to get us to our peak performance. Whether you are starting out in your career, ready to move up the corporate ladder, or taking the leap into entrepreneurship, Michael's guests provide powerful tools and resources to shock your potential. Shock Your Potential is a global professional development training company committed to your unique journey. Learn more about us today at shockyourpotential.com and download our free Shock Your Potential app today. Listen in to today's expert. Thank you for joining us on another episode of Shock Your Potential. And as always, I am your host, Michael Sherlock. And as we know, this month, Mindful May, for me, is about making sure that we all take time to recognize and maybe perhaps give ourselves a break in areas where we might not have taken as good of care of ourselves as we could or should. And as we all know, the last year has really tested us in our ability to recognize and care for our own mental state as well as those around us. My guest today is Jory Rose, and she is a licensed marriage and family therapist, a mindfulness and meditation teacher, a coach, an author, speaker, and she also leads mindfulness retreats around the world, which is something I have on my bucket list that I want to do. She's helped thousands of people to live happier and more fulfilling lives through living with greater awareness, and this one is so important, compassion, allowing them to decrease their stress, anxiety, and shed those unhealthy habits we might have that also include some patterns and mindsets that perhaps we need to let go in the past. <laughs> she's also the host of a podcast called Journey Forward, and she's authored the newly released A Year of Gratitude, Daily Moments of Reflection, Grace, and Thanks, as well as two mindfulness books, which I would definitely want to uh, ask her about because one's called Squirmy Learns to Be Mindful, and I think that might be a real fun one, and Mindfulness, <laughs> it's elementary. So if she's teaching it to kids, then we know she's got something really special. She's also been featured in prominent media outlets such, such as one I always wanted to be on is OprahMagazine.com, NBCNews.com, Business Insider, KTLA News, and many, many more. So thank you, Jory, for joining me today. I'm so happy to be here with you, Michael. Thanks so much. I am looking forward to what I know is going to be a great conversation. Excellent. Well, I gave a lot of the highlights on your bio, but I'd like to have my guests tell us a little bit more about you, your business, and how you help your clients to shock their potential. So thank you so much for having me, Michael. I am a marriage and family therapist, and the focus of my work has always been mindfulness. And I, when I first began, I didn't even know mindfulness existed as a practice. I really say that mindfulness found me. Mm -hmm. And I was really, really stuck. I was, you know, I lived my life in my head. I was kind of cut off from the neck down. I didn't trust my intuition, my gut. I didn't know how I really felt about things because I was so cerebral in my existence. You know, if I thought it, it must have been true. And I woke up one day in my early 30s and was like, how did I get here? And even though I had the life I always wanted, I cultivated the exact life I wanted. I was married to my high school sweetheart. I had two girls. I was, even though I had a master's in counseling, I was fortunate to be a stay-at-home mom, but something wasn't right. Mm -hmm. And I realized I needed to figure out who I was because even though I was exactly where I technically wanted to be, I wasn't in alignment. And mm -hmm. I had to really slow down because I know so many of us, we stay busy. 
and we do what's next, what's next, what's next. And I was doing what was next in an effort to create safety and security Mm -hmm. because I was raised with a lot of family trauma. My mom's parents were killed in a car accident when my mom was 16. She was the only survivor of the accident. My parents divorced when I was three. My dad committed suicide when I was 10. So mm. I, I was from a young age led to believe the world's a really scary place and bad things happen. Mm-hmm. And that really limited my ability to live because I was in a lot of fear and anxiety. And it wasn't until mindfulness found me that I learned to slow down. I learned to get out of my head. I learned to drop into my body and begin to trust that inner wisdom and my gut. And what I always knew was there, but I was too afraid and not always willing to look at Mm -hmm. until one day, you know, one of the, there's many, many root markers, but one of them is a a nine and quote that says, And the day came when the risk to remain tight in a bud was greater than the risk it took to blossom. Oh, yes. And, and that was my life. Like I I was staying so, so tight in a perception of safety and security, but my soul was dying inside and I needed to blossom and I no longer was afraid to blossom. And I got really honest with myself and ended up getting divorced after being with my ex since I was 13, after 23 years and two young kids and had the courage to really wake up to say, how can I consciously live my life moving forward? I don't want to go another 20 years just doing what was next, what was next, what was next. And let me tell you what the journey it's been. (laughs) And I'm so grateful for every single twist and turn because not only has it gotten me to complete and full authenticity, which is one of my highest values and alignment in my mind, body, and soul, but as a therapist, I... I show up as a whole self to my clients and yeah. I, I am not that typical therapist. That's the blank slate that you're not going to learn anything about me because I think as we would, you know, thank you, Brene Brown, vulnerability breeds connection. And yeah. I show up as my whole self, not to gratuitously talk about myself, but to say, Hey, I get you. I see you. I know how this feels. And when I was stuck, here's the tool that I'm teaching you. Here's what it looks like in practice. So I really embody every single tool I teach, whether it's in parenting, which is a big focus of my mindfulness work, whether it's in self and self-identity and self-care and our own mindset of our own health and wellness, or whether it's our relationships, because I ultimately Mm -hmm. feel like mindfulness helps us be in better relationship, whether it's to ourselves or relationship to others, when we can show up present Mm -hmm. and compassionate and aware, I often say compassion is the often uh, the opposite of judgment. And we get so stuck in these narratives that hold mm. us back. So when you ask about shock your potential, it's about, you know, to me, I, I think of the question, who would you be if you weren't afraid? Yeah. And then what are the things that are holding you back that are keeping you afraid? And what are those limiting beliefs? And I will often say to clients, whose voice is that in your mind that you're hearing? You know, because it may not be yours. It may be someone in your childhood. It may have been, you know, what we would now call a bully who just shut you down, you know, or maybe it was just simply fear of the unknown. And for me, for my potential, one of my biggest mindset shifts was to recognize that my biggest fear 
which was the unknown, which I used to believe was this big black hole of an abyss of, you know, fear and anxiety because I couldn't a control negative it. negative possibility. <laughs> I, I couldn't control it. But I had this awareness one day. I was actually at this Women in Wisdom event in San Francisco one night. And I recognized that I had the known and the unknown. And in the known, I wasn't happy. Mm. I wasn't aligned. Something wasn't right. And I couldn't quite pinpoint it, but I knew it was because I wasn't being my authentic self. And in that moment, I realized, wait a second, possibility is what resides in the unknown. And that's mm. awesome. Oh, yeah. And so to make that mindset shift from fear and anxiety of the unknown to wait a second, you mean I get to create it? Mm. I get to cultivate that? I get to embrace you know, my, my full embodiment of authenticity, my values, um, growth, compassion, awareness, presence, mindfulness. And so what started off as, you know, a, a personal journey has overlapped into a personal and professional livelihood in every which way possible. I love it. You know, you, I made a note when you said, um, you know, how you were showing up to your clients and that you were showing up in in your fullness, you know, in, in the, in your completeness. And it was making me think about, um, I, uh, so I've suffered from depression for a great bunch of my life, but I learned how to control a lot of my depression through mindfulness is one area, but actually my, uh, how I eat. It's strangely mm. enough about how much protein I have and what my blood sugar levels are doing, but the anxiety, you know, those self-doubts, those, those, um, those the what if the unknown yeah um before i started practicing mindfulness practice or started mindfulness practice i remember now i can recognize how much sometimes those those protective measures i'm going to stay in this known even if i don't like it very well i'm going to stay in it how it not only impacted me personally but how it affected me professionally and so then you know how to operate in this vein and you you've had success on this path and then to veer away or to show something different or to explore another part of your your potential um didn't even register with me yeah. for a number of years and i remember explaining to my husband that sometimes when things would get too stressful i would just push push that emotion down and i you know i kept showing him i'm like i push right. it i i push it and he's like what do you mean? And I said, I just, I, when I see it and I feel it, I compress it and I push it down. And I said, and I can't live that way anymore. And it was right as I was starting to really, to feel it. And as it's amazing when you reach that, that point where you realize you're not just being more fully present to you, for you in the world, or even for those yes. that you love or care about, but that you are now a complete new opportunity. You can still yes. have all the positives you had before, but you have so much more blank canvas to write on yes. than you ever had before. It, it's so true. And for many people, that sounds really romantic and enticing and it's still really hard work, right? Yes. And, you know, but once you recognize, one of my favorite questions that I ask people is how is it serving you to stay stuck? Mm-hmm. And they'll always be like, oh, it's not, I hated it. it sucks. It's terrible. Okay. Yes. And you're mm-hmm. gaining some secondary benefit by staying stuck. How is it serving you to stay stuck? And people don't really consider. And 
if, if anyone who's listening right now goes and takes a look either at my website or my podcast, they'll see that I have a logo. And it's actually a mindfulness symbol. And it's called an unalom. And the way it looks, I'm going to describe it to you. It's a spiral. And coming out of the spiral is a line that at first there's some big twists and turns and undulations, but towards the top, it begins to straighten out. And this is a mindfulness symbol that the spiral represents where you're stuck. And the line coming out of it is the mindfulness piece to help you get out mm-hmm. of being stuck. And it twists and turns because at first it's not a straight line. It's not a straight path. And but towards the top, it's not even perfectly straight. It still has a little undulation, but it represents the path to peace. And so this is the visual um, that I teach from. And I love this symbol so much that I actually got a tattoo of it, which is something I swore I would never do <laughs> when I was I had actually been dating my fiance. Um, for only seven months, we were in Thailand together. We got matching tattoos of this mm. because I, we were both on an individual journey of mindfulness and awareness, spirituality. But I also, I wanted that reminder, getting unstuck is always possible. Yeah. And so, you know, I'll say to clients, like, you're just in the spiral right now. You're in the spiral. And the reason people stay in the spiral is because it's familiar know what to do there. They may not like it. It may cause other pain, but that familiarity is in large part what keeps them in there. Well, I know what it looks like. Mm-hmm. And it's actually harder work to get out of the spiral. Yeah. And, and I, one of the ways I teach this is I call it the ABCs of mindfulness. To me, you know, at the root of mindfulness is awareness. You can't change what you're not aware of. So you first have to mm-hmm. have awareness you're in the spiral because some people are like, wait, what? I'm stuck. I'm unhappy. Like I'm, I'm stressed. I'm anxious. Like, what do you, I, I didn't realize that that's what I was feeling. I thought this is just what life was. Right. So you got to start with awareness because you can't change what you're not aware of. And then you got to breathe. That's the B because mm-hmm. if you breathe, it'll calm your brain. It'll calm your body because, you know, I, I, I like to, I'll just give like a really, really, really quick brain science 101 for your listeners, but bottom line, We've got our emotional brain in the center part of our brain. And when it fires off any strong emotion, it literally shuts down our executive functioning. So the mm-hmm. reciprocal relationship of our emotions and our thoughts and our moods and our resources is literally when we're stuck, we can't think straight. That executive functioning where we've got logic, reason, rationality, decision-making, clear thinking, language, communication, All of that gets compromised when our emotional brain takes over. Mm -hmm. So there's two ways to quiet that emotional brain. We've got breathe Mm -hmm. because that activates the parasympathetic nervous system. It's the brain saying, oh, wait, there's not a bear in the cave. I'm safe. Exactly. (laughs) But another one that I love that people don't utilize, I think, enough is just naming it. Just to simply name, you know, Michael, I'm really stressed today. When you name it, it actually creates some space between you and that emotion or that Mm -hmm. thought. And in that space, you can depersonalize it. You can um, begin to see, I actually have choice in how I respond to this. Mm -hmm. I can respond and not react. So 
some of the key phrases I say with mindfulness, it's, it's awareness, right? Mm -hmm. It's responding, not reacting to whatever is arising. And it's accepting what's arising in this present moment. Yeah. Acceptance absolutely. is huge. And people, and people often say to me, but Jory, I don't like what's happening in this present moment. How do I accept what I don't like? <laughs> well, you know what? Not liking it doesn't make it go away. Right. Not liking it only makes your reaction to it bigger. Mm -hmm. So, you know, these are easier said than done, right? It's simple, but not easy. Mm -hmm. These practices, mm -hmm. but it's possible. And that's it's why possible. it's a practice. It's not a perfect, it's a practice. Right, exactly, exactly. And so, you know, the ABCs of mindfulness, awareness, breath, and the last one is choice. Mm -hmm. Because I think, you know, sometimes we can consciously choose to go back into the spiral and that's okay, just do so with awareness. Do so understanding why you're doing what you're doing. Because, you know, to me, mindfulness is living with awareness, attention, and intention right? Awareness of what's arising, mm -hmm. thoughts, emotions, sensations, distractions, paying attention to what do I normally do when these things arise? Normally I resist, I deny, I judge, I ask why, oh, this is the thing. People go back into the spiral when they ask the question, why? Why is this happening? Why is this so hard for me? Why do others seem to be doing this better than me? Why is there a pandemic right now? Why, why, why is the opposite of acceptance? Yeah, that's true you know, and to have intention to know why am I doing what I'm doing? How can I live within my values? Because if I'm being aligned in my values, I'm showing up in authenticity and I can be with whatever is arising because it's what's here. Mm -hmm. So awareness, breath, choice. And, you know, I, I never would judge anyone for going back into the spiral and saying, Seth, just do so with awareness and say, maybe right now is not the time for me to work my way out. Or maybe I'm going to dip my toe out of it and I need to come back into self-protect because that was really anxiety provoking. Or maybe I am having a little flooding happening right now and I need to just, you know, recenter myself. And this is where I know what to do. Right. Absolutely. This is fabulous. Um, Joy, we're going to take a quick break. We'll hear from our sponsor and we will be right back. Top Dog Learning Group, LLC, is a leadership, change management, and diversity inclusion consulting firm based in Orlando, Florida, but with top doggers, aka consultants, throughout North America and beyond. They focus on training programs, both virtual and face-to-face, -face, keynotes and lunch and learns, group and one-on-one -on -one coaching, and off-the-shelf solutions. One such solution is their masterclass on the top three strategies to be resilient in times of change. This thoughtful self-paced online training will guide you through three tactics you can use immediately, not just to survive, but to thrive when change comes at you. Use the code RESIL50OFF for 50% off the program. Just go to bit.ly forward slash 3A5M ls6 and enter the code resil 50 off in all capitals to redeem your 50 percent off coupon the link and code will be available in our show notes as well for easy access learn more today at topdoglearning.learningworlds.com 
And we are back with Joy Rose. Um, you know, everything that you've been talking, I've just been taking notes and really actually just enjoying this moment. Uh, just, I love- You're being mindful in our mindfulness conversation. <laughs> oh my gosh, I am. I am being mindful in it. Um, and not just for myself, but I've been, the, re the reason I wanted to have this, this series for this month, I mean, because I'd normally talk about a lot of business stuff. I, you know, I have a lot of entrepreneurs who follow me, a lot of uh, seasoned sales professionals and other professionals. But one of the things that I, I see as a constant, especially after this last year, is that because of, maybe not because just of a pandemic, but in the midst of it, those of us who have times that we're struggling or stuck in that cycle have gotten more stuck or maybe even more fearful to even take that step out. And I really firmly believe that I think we're all expecting that one day, you know, that magical one day when we've reached herd immunity and, you know, the world is turning again, that we're all going to feel magically better. And I don't think that's the case. I think that I we're, agree with you 100%, Michael, by the way. Yeah, I think that we're going to have longer term repercussions of this unless we're talking about it, unless we're saying, okay, we aren't getting near the end, but what strategies can I really start employing in my own life to make sure that mentally I am feeling strong enough to take chances or learning how to accept or, you know, why I might not want to go into an office or be near somebody or why I do, or, you know, how people are different. Um, so, you know, as you think about where we are in the world today, you know, what's your advice for listeners who are saying, you know, I, I'm feeling this, I'm really anxious. Um, I'm not really sure where to go from here. Okay. I get it. I can have my awareness. I can have my breath. All right. I love it when people tell me I can't meditate because I, I just can't do it. I'm like, yeah. Then, yeah. Um, but I don't, <laughs> that's know a whole I, other conversation, <laughs> that's a whole other conversation, but you know, I think there's a lot of people who feel like they don't have a lot of choice. I think there's some people that are aware that are maybe trying to understand it, but I think there's a lot of people who feel like things are out of their control and that I think is leading to more anxiety as well. So, you know, what are, what's your advice? Oh my gosh, there's, there's so much I could say on that. First off, I really agree with you. Um, you know, I, I think especially when the new year hit, right? 2021 happened and I think everyone exhaled a collective sigh of relief, like, oh, okay, we dodged that bullet. 2020 is over and like, okay, it's a new year. Yeah. Okay, well, guess what? The universe is at no day of the calendar and the universe does not care. So it's a new year, but we're still within the same challenges. And from what I've seen in my client base and my client load more than doubled since COVID. So, you know, that's evidence as people are needing support more than ever, number one. But it's my belief that actually, once we even reach that herd immunity, life is going to stay hard for a long time because I, I think we're going to have some PTSD from all yes. of this. And there is a whole new level of anxiety of things that are new for people, you know, whereas things that they never would have considered before are now anxiety provoking. So the need for tools is going to yeah. be present more than ever. And, you know, when we're in survival mode, we just do what we have to do without even really thinking that we're doing it. And I, I equate it to someone who's overcome cancer in the moment. Mm -hmm. It's I'm doing what I have to do. And I've got a very dear girlfriend who um, was a breast cancer survivor. And in the moment, she just did what she had to do. It was after her remission, her depression hit where she was mm -hmm. like, hope I can soar. But she was like, holy shit, what did I just go through? I can't yeah. believe I just did that. 
So I think we're going to have some of that post pandemic anxiety and depression sit in of like, wow, that was heavy. Yeah. And here's something that I've been saying since the, the day the pandemic hit was whatever was once under a flashlight of awareness mm. was now under a floodlight of awareness. Yeah. So anything that you have been able to just kind of keep at bay, keep just barely under the surface of your coping, which don't get me wrong. A lot of that coping was great. Yeah. COVID in absence of going to the gym, going out for a girl's night, going out for Taco Tuesday, going to a concert, going to the travel for the weekend, you mm-hmm. know, going to a, a restaurant. I mean, just, you know, mm-hmm. getting my nails done, getting my hair cut. Like I'm getting my first haircut in a year and two weeks. Like, I mean, really, mm-hmm. you know? And so, you know, all of our typical coping mechanisms, when those were stripped away, we no longer could hide from what was underneath. Yes. And so now as we are re-engaging in life in a, in a new way, because we're not going back to normal, there's no normal. Yep. This is just the new normal. So the advice I would give people is to number one, acceptance. I touched mm-hmm. on this before the break, but the more we fight it, the stronger our reaction is going to be to it. Yep. The key for acceptance, what's underneath that is really deep level practicing of compassion and self-compassion. And, you know, I I like to define compassion as empathy plus action. Mm, I like that. You know, um, the Dalai Lama gives a great distinction between sympathy, empathy, and compassion. And, you know, he says that if you're walking down the street and you see a man stuck under a big boulder, as might one see in India, (laughs) um, you know, to have sympathy would be to walk by, and these aren't the words the Dalai Lama would say, be like, oh, that sucks to be him, right? You know, (laughs) this guy's stuck too bad. To have empathy for him would be to say, sucks to be him. How do I know? Because I've been there. Now, sometimes when we're really empathic, actually can paralyze us from action because it can reactivate our trauma by stepping towards. So some of us, we don't know how to distinguish or diffuse our boundaries and we get taken into that, right? Mm -hmm. To have compassion for him would be to say, sucks to be him. How do I know? Because I've been there. I'm going to help him out from underneath. Right. So empathy plus action. So we can acknowledge what's arising with kindness and then take action towards helping relieve that. And to have self-compassion, I think at the root of it is to simply acknowledge to yourself, this is really hard right now. Now, as you notice the way I said that, my tone of voice matters. So it's not just how we speak to communicate to others. I teach my clients about what's the voice and tone you're speaking to inside your mind, because in our mind, we talk to ourselves with that really loud, harsh inner critic. That's not so nice that we wouldn't want to be friends with that person. Right. And yet we allow it to take residence in our mind all the time. And so we've got to shift our inner voice to one of more kindness and to just acknowledge, yeah, this is really hard right now. No wonder I'm struggling with this. And until we can come to that acceptance and compassion, we're going to be chasing solution without really allowing ourselves. Because if we don't feel what we're feeling, then we're just doing spiritual bypassing. Right. We're going to go to the, to the end goal and just say, you know what? After this storm will be the rainbow and every cloud has a silver lining. Well, that's great. In fact, I am a huge optimist. I'm always an optimist by nature. The glass is always half full. But unless you acknowledge the storm you're in, you're not going to appreciate the rainbow. Right. It's going to become a little fake 
because we're just chasing the rainbow versus acknowledging, okay, this is what I have to go through in order to get there. Yeah. So, you know, the more resistance, the harder it is. Yeah. It's not, again, it's not a really sexy piece of advice because it's hard and people want relief. Right. And it's ironic in that the only way out is through. And this is why I love mindfulness so much because it's teaching us to be with what is without attachment and without expectation. Mm-hmm. Now, I like to take the belief, uh, I'm a kind of radical in my thinking at times. People are like, how could this year have happened? And my thought is, maybe this is exactly what was supposed to happen. Absolutely. You know, because I actually believe there's huge amount of gifts we've learned in our challenges if we choose to recognize the gifts. Now, I wrote a book on gratitude this year because I think gratitude is the lens through which we see the world. It's not to say we can gratitude our way through our pain. However, looking for the good is going to help you manage the pain a little bit more gently. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, I think it's years I'm ago. Very, I, uh, oh, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just gonna say one quick thing. Years ago, I was teaching a mindfulness course. And in our gratitude week, there was this gentleman who at the end of a gratitude meditation was very teary eyed. He must have been in his 60s. And he said, you know, I got into a really big argument with my wife this morning. And I'm still really angry. But I'm so grateful I have her to be angry with. Mm. Like that to me is gratitude. I'm not negating the anger. I'm not letting it wash away what happened, but I can soften. Yeah. And I can be able to see it with a little bit of a more gentle lens. So it's not spiritual bypassing to have a gratitude practice. Right. Well, and it has been amazing with all the people that I've interviewed this last year, no matter what our subject is, there's always something that somebody has said, and I didn't know that this was going to be a positive outcome to this crazy year. And I think everybody has had, has had something, at least that I've talked to, which is fantastic because most of us had our businesses turned way upside down for the negative and, and um, you know, lots of things that, you know, you think that's horrible. And yet I think every time you're looking for those positives, you will find them and then you find more. It's simply how our brain is designed. We were, you know, our brain is designed with a negativity bias. So we are going to be pulled into the negative and it's extra work to look for the good. But the thing is, once you start looking for the good, you start to see more of it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Jory, I know we could talk forever. Obviously we started talking before we started recording. Um, and I know we'll have all your contact information on the show notes, but just in case somebody wants to look you up right now, cause they think, I think I want to work with this woman. What's the best way yes. for them to find you? Uh, best thing is my website, joryrose.com, J-O-R-E-E-R-O-S-E.com. That will get you access to all my social media outlets, my podcasts, all my offerings, my books. So it's a one-stop shop. So that's probably the easiest and best way to find me. And it does have your logo on it. Very pretty. Now that I know yes. what it means, I was very curious about it. And as you started talking about it, I'm like, oh yeah, that's what that is. I love it. Uh, isn't it the best? I mean, it just, it's so visual of getting unstuck so we can journey forward. That's what it's all about to me. Well, and the more you talked about it too, I thought about, you know, how it gets a little wider as you're coming up. It's almost like you're still bouncing against walls a little and go, oh, hey, but I didn't bounce across that wall before. Let's go see where it's yeah. over here. Like, oh. <laughs> see, now we're intriguing everyone to go look at my website to see what it is. This is perfect marketing. Thank you, Michael. I'm a very good salesperson. So before Beautiful. we go to 
before we go, do you have any last words of wisdom or pearls of advice for my listeners and viewers? You know what? It's really the most simplest of things. Take a minute and just breathe. Honestly, when you can give yourself that moment to pause and consciously inhale and consciously exhale, even if you don't think it's going to help, it's going to calm your brain down and help you just manage whatever more grace and compassion. And I, I think it's that simple. It's just not always easy to do. And take a minute and just breathe. That, that's kind of it. Because when we can give ourselves that moment to pause, we can get less reactive. We can get more compassionate. We can get less, you know, um, resistant. And look, we have very little we can control in our lives. Very, very, very little we can control. And I believe we can control only two things ever. Our breath and our response to what's arising. That's it. Beautiful. Joy, thank you so much for your great advice some great stories and really positive message for us. It has been a pleasure to have you as a guest. Absolutely. So happy to have been here. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you for joining us on another episode of the Shock Your Potential podcast. Learn more about us today at shockyourpotential.com, including details on Michael's two best-selling books. Tell me more, how to ask the right questions and get the most out of your employees and sales mixology. Why the most potent sales and customer experiences follow a recipe for success. Make sure to check out our Shock Your Potential app, on-demand professional training resources to help you excel in your career. And as always, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and like us today.